Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We are getting started. Week one picks. So excited for the 2023 college football season to start. Obviously, it started a little bit before last week. We got some appetizers with USC, Notre Dame, all those all those fun matchups that we got to see. We got to see, I think, a new and improved Fighting Irish team. But we're going to get into the Big Ten, the current Big Ten, not the future Big Ten, because USC obviously is in the future, going to be in the conference. But we're going to talk about the Big Ten today and only the Big Ten. If you like the podcast, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, leave a review, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, send me an email at BigTenFootballTalk at gmail.com. Before I get into this, I, I do want to... Uh, point out something. I, I had mentioned that someone left a, a one-star review, uh, which I totally am okay with. You know, that obviously it's it's okay if people leave feedback. And the person put his name to it. I think it was Bryce10Barge or Barge10Bryce. I, I forget the username. But I wanted to highlight what he said because I think I want to... I think he was absolutely right. Um, and... It actually identifies what this podcast is versus what this podcast is not. Um, so he he wrote, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but basically he was ripping the podcast because I had mentioned in the beginning that I thought I knew what you know what I was going to pick, and then I had listened to other podcasts, and now I don't know. And what I meant by that was I got more information. And I don't know if this is what he meant by this feedback, but I think what he what he wanted was for me to just say what I think and not think about anybody else. Um, basically, he said, I'll just listen to those other podcasts. And I'm like, okay, if that's what you want, that's fine. I am not, and I'm not saying he was saying this about me, but I just want to be very clear. I'm not a shock jock. I'm not here to give hot takes and just spout my opinion. I I certainly give my opinion. But listen, I, I admit when I'm wrong. I get more information because, you know, there's this biblical principle of getting wisdom. I, you know, I think in college football's standpoint, it's, it's acquiring knowledge. But still, I want to make the most informed opinion possible. And I want to analyze well. And so if the, if you're just looking for me to, to just state what I, I say and stand by it through thick and thin, that's not me. That's not this podcast. I'm not Colin Coward or Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith. Not that he's, he was saying that that's what I was trying to be. I'm going to change my mind because I get more information. And by the way, I wasn't just parroting those podcasts. I was just saying, oh, I, it made me think, especially in the context 
that this is the most difficult year in terms of thinking preseason. Because in the past couple years, even though Ohio State hasn't finished first, Ohio State has easily been the most talented team. And so it's just kind of easy like to kind of think, okay, I think Ohio State from a talent perspective is is going to win. But the reality is I, I think Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, maybe even to a lesser degree, all I think have really good shots to win the Big Ten. I think all four of those teams could make the playoff this year. I think if we were in a 12-team playoff, I think all four of those teams would be in, in my playoff pool uh, at, at the beginning of the season. So that that's what makes it hard. And I was just being honest. And that's what I am. If, if you like that, then this is a podcast for you. If you don't like that, then, you know, go listen to someone who's going to be very firm in their opinion and never own up to their mistakes. And that's pretty much what ESPN does all the time. So I'm not ESPN. Cool. All right. Now that we've got that, I, I am going to get to some picks. And I'm excited about this opening weekend. I think some some good matchups in week one. You know, week one is, is not always uh, very, very competitive. But we've got a few conference matchups. And we've got, I think, some tricky group of five games. I think the one... Power five non-conference game is actually going to be a bit of a joke, and I'll talk about that in a, in a few minutes. But what we're going to do, I'm going to do the first five games, take a break, and then we'll come back and finish it out. So first game, uh, I'm recording this on Tuesday night. It's coming out Wednesday morning. Thursday night, it's Nebraska-Minnesota. Minnesota, a seven-point favorite over Nebraska. It's going to be on Fox at 8 p.m., I believe Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt will be on the call for this. The best uh, color commentator, play-by-play duo, I think, in college football right now. I think they're great. Um, I know Gus Johnson's a little, you know, he he has an acquired taste, but I love him. I think he's great. Um, but it's a Thursday night game. My big question for Nebraska is will the roster, has the roster bought in to Matt Rule? You know, Xavier Betts, he was one of the projected starting receivers. He's no longer with the team left. I I, I don't know. And maybe Cornhusker fans, you can fill me in a little bit more. Don't know what is going on there. I think that actually might be a good thing. But it's still, you know, it still raises this question of, okay, here's a potential starting receiver that's left the team with a new coach. And so what's what's going on? Is that a good loss? Is that a not good loss? Um from some reports, it seems like defense is dominated in scrimmages. I think that makes sense. They have more returning on that side of the ball. They have a new quarterback in Jeff Sims. Um, I think they will try to lean on the run early, hopefully get Kemp and Washington free on the outside. That's that's the receivers. Minnesota will still try to run, run, run. Obviously, no Ibrahim, but they've got a good stable of backs. I, I also think their receivers... Uh, they're very. I think they're very underrated. And uh, Spanford at tight end, obviously, I think might be the best tight end of the conference. Uh, I think Kalik, Kalik Manis took his lumps last year, but I think that was to take a leap this year. Uh, offensive line is a concern. 
But I don't think Nebraska has the dudes on the D-line yet. I know their defense has been good. But I just I don't think that's going to be a matchup that Nebraska wins enough to be able to win this game. I do think it's lower scoring. I've got Minnesota 24, Nebraska 20, and a Thursday night thriller. So Nebraska covers, but I've got Minnesota winning in a tight game. Friday night. Uh, September 1st, we have Central Michigan at Michigan State. It's a 7 p.m. kick on FS1. Michigan State is a 14-point favorite. I'm actually I'm surprised that the line is that low. Although, I, I think people realize that Michigan State's not the Michigan State of 2021, the Michigan State under D'Antonio. Uh, it, it, it might be a bit tough for Michigan State offensively in this game. Central Michigan has nine defensive starters back, so they're a veteran group. I, I think they, they could be a Mac West contender, although I think Toledo is gonna is probably gonna rule the conference, which we'll talk about later in the in the show. Mel Tucker hasn't officially stated who the starting quarterback will be, either Noah Kim or Hauser, uh Kate Hauser. Berger's a good tailback for them. You know, not Kenneth Walker, he's not that caliber, but he's a good tailback for them. They have a good receiver in Trey Mosley. Uh, I think it's going to be a test early, but the Spartans, I think, behind their veteran offensive line, they, they put away the Chippewas middle of the third quarter. I got Michigan State 38, Central Michigan 21. Backdoor, uh, not backdoor cover. Uh, Michigan State will cover in the fourth quarter, I think. Um Eastern Carolina versus number two, Michigan. That's number two according to the AP poll. I I think the Pirates were already going to have a tough climb against Michigan. It does not help when they're replacing almost all their skill position players. Uh, They're young. They're inexperienced against a defense coached by Jesse Minter that wants to disrupt and get turnovers. This will be a bloodbath. Michigan 56, East Carolina 10. I wouldn't be surprised if that 10 is actually more like a three or a seven, but I'm going to, I'm going to assume that Michigan has second and third stringers and that East Carolina gets a cheap touchdown at the end. That's going to be 12 PM on Peacock. One thing to note, you do, I, I believe you have to have the premium version of Peacock to be able to watch this game. You can't have the free version. Um, $5.99 a month, not a bad gig. It you know it stinks that you have to pay for it, but it's five ninety nine. It's not per month, so you get four weeks for five ninety nine. Um, still a bummer, but Michigan is a thirty six point favorite. I have them covering Utah State versus number twenty five Iowa. The Aggies have a good wide receiver in Terrell Vaughn. Look out for him. He could be a playmaker for Utah State. Still, Iowa is too stout on the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, and I think it's going to provide a good first test for Cade McNamara, who has been medically cleared for Saturday. Uh, there was some; he was a bit questionable, but I think he will play well. You know, I think he'll uh, make good use of the tight end Lachey um, Schoonmaker there, obviously as well. Um, sorry, not Schoonmaker. All Eric All. Goodness, I totally switched up. Michigan tight, Michigan transfer tight ends. Um, all that to say, I think Iowa will will do well. I don't think it'll be much of a test for Iowa. I've got Iowa 34, Utah State 13. That game is on at 12 p.m. on FS1. 
Iowa is 25-point favorite, so I do have Utah State covering in that game. Uh, before we take a break here, I'm going to do Fresno State and Purdue. That game is 12 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Purdue is a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and that should tell you something because if this is a neutral site, it would basically be a pick em. So Mikey Keene transfers in from UCF for Fresno State. He was really good for you. He was pretty good for UCF. A lot of youth, no retor- returning starters at the skill positions for Fresno State. However, they, they returned four or five starters on the offensive line, six of their front seven on defense, and their left tackle on offense, Ugwu, uh, transfers in from Kansas State. Purdue also coming in with some question marks. They, they thought they were set at receiver. Corey Gamage and uh, Jamal Edrine were both seemed positioned to play. Both were transfers, but Gamage actually flipped to UCF. And so he's actually playing for UCF now. Edrin tore his ACL, in, I believe, in camp. Sheffield obviously has had his moments over 800 yards the past two seasons. And, you know, Maccabee was, was really good at running back last year. The, the, I think the main question is, can the other receivers step up? Can Ryan Walters get this defense to get in shape and to avoid an upset? I, I like Ryan Walters. I think he will be a good coach. And I think Hudson Card can be really, really good. I just like Fresno State and Jeff Tedford. You know, Jeff Tedford, the coach there, he, he really knows what he's doing. I I, I think they, they repeat a lot of their success from a year ago, even with the new cast of characters. I've got Fresno State upsetting the Boilermakers on the road, 27 to 21. Let me take a break, and then we'll be back with the last six games. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Number three, Ohio State. Versus Indiana. Kyle McCord will start at quarterback for Ohio State, but Devin Brown will play for the Buckeye quarterbacks. The Indiana quarterback situation is also a question mark, but I think indications are that Taven Jackson, the Tennessee transfer, will get the nod. Brendan Soresby will probably also get some run. I don't know how that's going to work, but that's my guess. It'll be interesting to see if the Hoosiers' skill position players can exploit a Buckeye defense that is looking to show improvement from a year ago. Camp Camper was really good until he got hurt. I think 560 yards and seven starts, uh, maybe eight games total, I think. So I think the Hoosiers have some guys that I think will at least show whether Ohio State has learned from last year. If, if Jim Knowles' defense takes it, a leap forward. Um, I I think they will. I although I I do think Indiana will get a few a couple scores. I I think though the past couple years Ohio State's elite athleticism has just proved too much for the Hoosiers. Even with the rotating quarterbacks, I don't see them putting up much of a fight here. I think Travion Henderson is going to remind folks why he was the number one tailback coming out of high school in twenty twenty one. Big day for him. I think the receivers receivers are get theirs. Name to watch out for, Carnell Tate, who has been getting rave reviews in camp. Uh, I like Ohio State big, 55-17. to 17. Uh, That game is on CBS at 3.30, where I believe Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson will be calling the game. 
Uh, Ohio State is a 30-point favorite. I have them covering. Uh, I'm just going to make an aside. I I haven't seen Gary Danielson really call a game much outside of SEC games of interest. I feel like he gets a ton of hate. And I know he, you know, he, he was kind of an SEC, kind of became an SEC homer because he's covering the SEC. But, like, that was who he's, co- he's covering. And I don't know. I've... I remember Gary Danielson back when he was back with ABC, and I I remember thinking that he and Brent Musburger were a great team. And I'm excited to have an Ohio State game called by Gary Danielson and Brad Nessler. I love Brad Nessler. Brad Nessler's great. I was I was sad when uh Brad Nessler and Todd Black Blackledge got separated when Nessler went to CBS, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um 3.30 p.m. on FS1, you've got Buffalo at number 19, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, a 28-point favorite. Buffalo has a trio of good defenders that you, you should be on the lookout for. Damon Williams, Sean Dolak, and Marcus Fuqua. However, they don't have a ton of returning experience. They have those three guys, but I think... And I have a couple other guys to watch out for, too, but... Really, I think Wisconsin's experience up front, along with the one-two punch of Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi, it's going to loosen them up for the beginning of Phil Longo's air raid attack. And mark this down. I think Tanner Mordecai announces his presence as maybe the best quarterback in the Big Ten with this game. I really like Tanner Mordecai. A transfer from SMU. I think he's going to be great in that offense. And I think with the presence of, of Allen and Malusi in the backfield, I think that's going to be a big-time upgrade for the Badgers. Give me Wisconsin 49, Buffalo 13. At 3.30 on the Big Ten Network, you've got Towson at Maryland. There, there's kind of a, a recurring theme with Maryland when they get these FCS games. Uh, they, they murder them. I mean, just absolutely overmatch him. I don't think... There's not much analysis to this game other than Towson's not good and Maryland's going to score. I've got Maryland 63, Towson 6. Very easy analysis. We're going to move to West Virginia at number 7, Penn State. The game is on NBC, 7.30. Penn State's a 20.5-point point favorite. That's a that's a big line for a Power Five non-conference matchup. It should be bigger. It should be bigger. West Virginia was five and seven last year. They had two upset wins against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma also had the worst season in their past twenty-five years or so, and Oklahoma State was in a tailspin at that point. So, like, whatever optimism that Mountaineers fans have be like, oh, this, you know, we, we upset Oklahoma last year. So what? Like, Oklahoma was a shell of a shell of themselves last year, right? West Virginia returns 13 starters off a not great team. They don't have a lot of program momentum. Like, they're, they're probably a basement team in the Big 12, like, they're not going to be good. Penn State has a good offensive line, the best offensive line in Franklin's tenure. 
He has maybe the best one-two punch at running back that he's had. Uh, it's hard to say that because of you had Sa- you had Miles Sanders behind Saquon, but they're really good. It's the best combo of offensive line and running backs that Penn State's had under Franklin. I'll, let's put it that way because could you imagine Saquon with a good offensive line? Gosh, man, that, it's sad that we never got to see that. Um, don't be surprised also if Penn State's defense makes a couple of scoring plays with their back seven. I think their back seven might be the best in college football. I, I think Drew Aller gets his first start. He looks very good. Penn State, 52, West Virginia, 6. Then we go to Toledo, Illinois, 7.30 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Honestly, this might be the best game of the week. It's not going to be easy for Illinois. Like there's, there's a lot of turnover on the back end, and Toledo has they have eight starters back on each side of the ball. Daquan Finn is no joke at quarterback. So I, I think Toledo is going to give Illinois everything they want. Right? And remember, I've been in Illinois. I've been on the Illinois train with Brett Bielema, right? Called the upset at Nebraska two years ago. Um, or not at Nebraska, but when Nebraska came and everybody thought Scott Frost was going to beat him. And I'm like, nope, Illinois. I was fairly high on Illinois last year. Thought they were going to be good. I think Illinois gets it done, but don't let this game dissuade you from thinking that Illinois could have a, a good year this year. Because I think Toledo is probably going to win the MAC, and I think Daquan Finn is a guy who, in a year or two, transfers to a Power Five program to see if he can make a make a run at the NFL. Like he is that dynamic. He's he's got a great arm. Uh, Really, really like him. Ultimately, I think I do think Illinois' defense makes enough stops, and I think Illinois' offense is able to power their way through to a win. And I think they get a, a couple of big plays from Isaiah from Isaiah Williams and uh, other guys on the outside. Illinois twenty eight, Toledo twenty. The the line is nine and a half points. I don't have Illinois covering, but I think it's going to be a great game. Last but not least, well, maybe it's least, I don't know. Northwestern versus Rutgers. Sorry, I, I shouldn't take shots at Northwestern and Rutgers. I'm sorry, guys. I really want to be equitable to you guys, um, to you fans, because I this is it, it is a game game against two of the the least talented teams in the Big Ten. I think for one team, I do think Rutgers, you know, they, they've not been great. But I do think Shiano has a little juice going, you know, and I think, you know, he really could, he could keep things going in a positive direction, even, even with a losing season this year, because you're building, you're building, you're building, and then you get to no division, you know, no divisions where you don't have to deal with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State every year. So I, I think Rutgers, they've got guys I think Wimsat, you know, Wimsat's a raw prospect at quarterback, but I still really like his ability to create. He's got a year now under his belt, although, you know, not, he was hurt for a lot of last season. Langan at tight end is, is a steady presence. 
their running back core, it, it's it's not elite, it's not great, but it's it's good enough. Uh, I think Manunga is a is a a good player. I think there's they have several other backs that uh, I think they're really high on Young and and one other that I, I can't I'm, I totally forget his name right now. But they they've got a stable of backs that they can really rely on. I think my question with Northwestern is they they just they don't have a lot of talent. They switched coaches like David Braun was coming, you know, he came in to fix the defense and now he's the head coach. You know, and it's after Pat Fitzgerald getting fired and you know, it seems like there's there's some stuff going on higher up with the president and the athletic department and like where where are they? Where's their psyche? Like I, I I'd imagine that they're motivated to hit somebody, right? Like they're motivated to get on the field and do something. But will it be controlled? Will it be well coached? And I I just don't know. And then you get to the talent. Manjiri might be the only guy that really I'm like, okay, like he's a decent tight end. There's I think they're super back. You know, Cam Porter. At running back, you know, he he's had some good moments. But honestly, I, I just don't see it. And as, as much as I don't think Rutgers has a ton of talent, I, I do think the gap between Northwestern and Rutgers actually might be a little bigger than we realize. The line is six and a half. This game is on Sunday, by the way. Sunday, 12 p.m., CBS. Rutgers is a six and a half point favorite. The over-under is 39.5. I have the under. Rutgers 24, Northwestern 13. I think Rutgers covers. I I really, I hope I'm wrong for Wildcats fans' sake. I just don't think Northwestern, this is going to be a good year for them. I said that in my predictions. I th- and I think Rutgers, I, I, I would not be surprised if Rutgers wins by more. I just think Rutgers, as much as their record doesn't show it necessarily, I do think they are getting better. And I think that's going to show in this game. So that'll do it for the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Thanks for listening. This has been Zach Guggenheim. Take care. God bless. 